Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yeah. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. We're old and we're so grumpy. Andre Nell has told us to chill the fuck out. Just once in a decade, in a lifetime maybe, the world of entertainment is disrupted and utterly elated by something entirely new. Good Lord. And now for something completely different. You're very welcome to the Gorilla Cricket Grumpy Old Man Podcast. Yay! I'm not going to chill out. Why yeah, you're, always, chill out? you're always chilled out, Bear. What are you That's the top intro. I'm chilled out about most things, but occasionally things rile me, you know. Yeah, you yeah, about Liverpool Football Club not winning a game and blaming everybody yeah, else. Well, we should, should have been sent um, off, mate. Wasn't bloody, wasn't, wasn't on offside, might, and uh, Rich Arlison's like a wanker. I might have to toot the uh, the trolling uh, horn so early in the episode. Oh, wow. as well, no, no. I mean, we don't have many rules on this, but talking about football, really, honestly. Yeah, no, well, fair point. It is the cricket season after all, somewhere. But somewhere, but I thought we, I thought we were allowed to talk about anything on this show. Yeah, no, yeah. that's true. Well, that's th- true. there is that also. Anyway, the people that's done want to listen to us. Or, well, Messi Jazz does anyway. Well, yeah. good old messes. So, Grubby, yes. what have you seen going on in the world of cricket this week? Well, um, I've got a couple of options. Um, would you like me to talk about something spooky? Or would you like me to talk about something dull? Oh, spooky. Spooky. Yeah. Right. yeah. I'll do, I'll do yeah, the dull. We're when you, when you we're like near Halloween. Why not? Yeah. You, know. you, well, I, you do all the dull stuff every other week. So, you know, start <laughs> with something else. This, this is quite spooky, I think. Um, uh, we, we, we're off the back of, um, of covering a couple of games in the IPL on Sunday, uh, both, both of which went to a super over. And indeed, the second of which went to what I'd like to call a superb over, i.e. a second super over in the same game. It was utterly extraordinary. Now, uh, eventually, Kings Eleven Punjab won that game on the second super over against Mumbai Indians. Uh, and the man who bowled that super over for, for Mumbai was Trent Bolt. And he went for 15. Now, spookily, 
he bowled the super over for New Zealand in the World Cup final. Guess what it went for? It went 16, for 15. 15 yeah. as well. 15, yeah. And, and not only that, but the, the not out batsmen were eight not out and seven not out on both occasions. Trent Bolt, spooky. Spooky, but totally coincidental. God knows what the dull bit is like, if that's the, uh, the non-dull bit. But no, cheers for that, Grubby. I have to say I missed those games and all other games in the IPL and even some of the games that I was actually commentating on. And I got taken to task by, uh, 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 quite rightly actually, by somebody on Twitter saying, this bloke doesn't seem to enjoy T20 cricket at all. But, you know, it, sometimes it slips through the mask. You know, I try and keep it hidden, but, you know, it does slip through. But you're right, that is spooky, actually. Um, it would have been slightly more spooky if to get to the super over, somebody had died for their crease and the ball had hit the bat and had gone down to the boundary and been apparently wrongly given the six runs rather than five runs. But yeah, you know, that, that Trent Bolt's not got a great... Did he win that Super over or did he lose it? No, he lost it. No, he lost it. That's, oh, that's the okay. point. That's yeah. the point, yeah. Uh, I actually watched that. That's the first bit of IPL I've watched when I haven't been on. Uh, and it was it was really fucking exciting, right? And then I go in on Monday and bloody Tuesday and Wednesday and I get a real boring, easy win. <laughs> Uh, followed by some team getting bowled out for fucking 87. I mean, whenever I go in, the games are shit. Well, I mean, we we know that there's no such thing as the commentator's curse. And, and so any suggestion that um, the link between boring games is you uh, is, is to be roundly well, embraced. Well, <laughs> well, you're right, Grubby. We do know there's no such thing as a commentator's curse, but we do know there is such a thing as Indian bookmakers. So uh, maybe there's other stuff going on. Who knows? Well, maybe they mm. get all the money on at the weekend, yeah. So they mm. make sure it's a tight game at the weekend. Mm. But nobody bets theory. on the tie, do they? Oh, conspiracy oh, theories. And that ties mm. to one here that I was reading today. My, my main story is much more entertaining, but underneath well, that... We'll be the judge of that. Underneath that, QAnon... It could hardly be less... The conspiracy theories, conspiracy theory people, QAnon, reveal the UK's true monarch. QAnon conspiracy theories are claiming that Queen Elizabeth II has no right to the throne. They argue that the true monarch is a man named oh, Joseph Gregory Hallett, referred by some as King John III. Is, is he living in Australia? No, well, I don't know. It doesn't say much. That's why, that's why I said oh, all my stories are kind it, of... It's they that could old Plantagenet story again, isn't it? Uh, Hallett said, no, <laughs> the illegitimate conception of George V. The old, the old Plantagenet conspiracy rearing its yeah, ugly head again. There was a bloke in, in Australia a few years ago who said, no, I'm the real king. Um, but I don't think anyone took him seriously. So what, George V was conceived Ill, Ill, illegitimate? No, he had an illegitimate conception with somebody. Well, that's not surprising. He was the conceiver. Yeah. Um, Joseph Hallett. Yeah, but illegitimate not... children are not, are not heirs. Ah, um, so maybe he was the illegitimate conception. Yeah, the illegitimate conception of King George V. Mm. The bastard king. The bastard king. Well, you heard king, it here first. Well, well, they're so all bastards to me. Joseph yeah. Hallett, would he be related to um, Grimsby snooker player Mike Hallett, I wonder? <laughs> maybe, <laughs> Mike Hallett, maybe Mike Hallett is third in line to the throne. <laughs> A bit um, Hong so, Kong Chewy, that one, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it was. Yeah. Neil Folds, if you're listening, please get in touch. <laughs> He's not. Um, oh. and, and he would be King John the Third, you say, Bear? Something like that, Second. yes. I was going to say, do we have two Johns? I don't know. No, we had one John. And they said, we're never having a John again because he was such a dreadful king. Uh, he gave everything away in 1215. But uh, hey-ho. Uh, Runny Mead. No, King yeah. John the Third, yeah. they said. 
Uh, well, oh, maybe his get... dad. Maybe his dad was the previous one. Well, possibly. Uh, yes. They can't oh. even get his regnal number correct. It's a bit like when we did the Ashes. Who had the Ashes actually from who beat Australia or whoever had the Ashes? Yeah, that that was funny for five minutes, and then it got extremely tedious. Uh, I saw somebody doing it with the Champions League. I think it was a friend of the show, Chris Dealey, who's got who's got yeah. the Champions League belt going. So I think it was somebody from Slovenia playing today for the chance to win the Champions League belt. If you don't this know what is, we're talking about, it's not that interesting. This is the same um, logic that says that whoever beat the world, the football world champions last becomes world champion and so on yeah. and so on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So Basically, at one point it was yeah. Scotland, hilariously. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there is some cricket news. Uh, that England, having last toured South Africa, uh, what seems like about five years ago, was actually uh, in January or February of this year, will be going back to South Africa to play more limited internationals in November, which is a bit weird. It is a bit weird, but I guess people are trying to do whatever they can, aren't they? You know. Well, get in as much cricket as you can. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not averse to that. Although it'd be nice if they played some cricket, he says off mic. But um, it, I mean, you go to the same, to tour the same team twice in a row. It just seems, just seems odd to me. Well, I think they just think there's a gap there. Can we fill it? Uh, I mean, what's going You've on? Got a lot of people in trouble over the years. Well, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> Where would you, um, Fred? I've got a question for you. Where would you? So, um, cricket, I'm assuming, is your favourite sport. Uh, where, where does one day cricket come in your in your list? Oh, uh, I think it becomes be, behind football and baseball, and um, it's probably that. Yeah, I would say. So fourth, and you still quite like it then? Well, I, I'm more likely to watch that if it's on than um, almost any other sport. To be fair. And would you would you separate? 50 over cricket and 20 over cricket as two distinct sports because I know you you have a yeah a I think the shorter you get the right. shorter you get the the, the less again. the less the less uh, relations it has to cricket um, I know it's not a theory it's an actual fact that well, it, 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 is. Is a, it is a different sport because the difference between cricket as it was played for like 500 years up to 1963 and what they call limited overs cricket is that there are different objectives to the game you know in proper cricket you have to score more runs than the opposition and you have to bowl them out or they have to forfeit their well yeah but over the over the the number of innings you yes. have to or even if it's only one innings you have to not just get more runs you have to take all the other team's wickets whereas in limited overs cricket you just have to score more runs it's a different it's a different game altogether what about um what about game. darts so in the world championship you have to win in the final and you have to win seven sets it's set play in the world match play you have to win uh, eight first to 18 legs um and not set play. so does that count as two different yeah, sports but, uh no interesting that's just a different way of of counting but i mean it, it, that would be the same as you know if darts had another format where you didn't have to get down to to zero uh, or, or so you didn't have to finish on a double. That would be a different sport. Obviously. Well, there's one where you have to double in. Does that count as a different sport? Mm, good question. Thank to be honest, much. I don't really give a toss. But <laughs> thanks for bringing it up. Just trying to get some, um, you know, dis, dis, uh, rigour into our arguments. Anyway, yeah. uh, enough of that. We, we, don't, we don't want any, any more of that. Rigor, well, I assume so. Guerrilla Cricket will be covering these uh, wonderful one-day internationals and T20s from South Africa. Can't Not wait. least. Well, no, we might... South Africa... South Africa is the best time for us to uh, to actually cover games. Yeah, it, it is. Or, well, well, yeah, the no, West Indies course. is better, but South Africa is pretty good. South Africa is yeah. pretty good, and One of course hour, we'll be covering. It'd be nice to get back to some international cricket rather than this weird shit that goes on every day. That I'm. 
I find difficult. And it's going on for another with. six months, probably. Oh, it's yeah. it's oh, nice no. to dip in and out of, I find, the IPL. It's like dipping into a bag of licorice all sorts. Um, well, exactly. When I watch the two you know. games, I kind of... Well, I would enjoy them more if they were closer. Um, that's the problem. I mean, the problem with yesterday's game, actually, to be honest, was the game was done within about 40 minutes when they were about, you know, 30 for six. You know, there's no teams coming back from that to get a reasonable score that's not going to be chased down by the opposition. And therefore, the no, game... But- Whereas in Pointless. cricket, you know, when England were bowled out by Ireland for how many was it? Uh, 90 not a, lot, a 90 or something, yeah. Yeah. Exactly, um, we had a chance to come back. And, 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 you know, gave up a big first innings deficit. Um, had there the opportunity to come on. back. Jack Leach, his second best test innings of all time. Um, you know, and, and then win the game quite comfortably uh, in, by bowling Ireland out for about 12 in their second yeah. Sorry, Roger, odd. if you're listening. It was 30 odd, wasn't it? Um, oh, they were lucky to fact, get that far. Hendo and I were there seeing Jack Leach make his 92. Um, very, very hot day. It was that extraordinarily hot day, in fact. Um, what time of year was it? Like start of June or something? Yeah, it was it 35 degrees and 100% humidity, which to my small brain means the air is just full of water. But that's a different... Yeah, you're yeah. in a swimming pool. It was, it was utterly oppressive. We met up with... Annie was there that day. Rog was there. Um, Nick Martin was there. So we met quite a few uh, gorilla chums, which is good. Hand on heart, though, even as a Somerset fan, would you have rather have seen his one not out against Australia mm. than his 90... Uh, against Ireland. Oh look, I, I would have, I would have loved to have been there for that day of cricket at Headingley. Of course I would, but I happened to be listening to it in our car uh, on our, the first day of our holiday just outside Amsterdam. So there was no way I was ever going to be there. <laughs> yeah. and of course, of course, chaos theory says if you would have been there, then it wouldn't have happened. Because, uh, well, exactly, well, exactly, it would have been a different yeah. set of circumstances. I was shoe yeah. shopping in Marks and Spencers. <sighs> I was watching Fucking the authors uh, play. Um, I can't remember where it was, somewhere in Berkshire. So none of us watching were actually... Who played? I was watching the Authors Cricket Club. Oh, play. right. Yeah. Um, was Jonathan Wilson them... playing for the Authors? He, he may have been. I never know which one's which because they, they, all, they, all, they all look the same to me, all these people. He's um, got quite but, sticky so... out ears. Oh, well, I shall look at him. In, Charlie in playing. I, I shall make a silhouette of, silhouette of him next time. And then Sunderland I'll, 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 fan. It'll be easier. Was Charlie playing? Uh... Yes, I think he probably was. It was very tense because, uh, unfortunately for them, the game finished during the tea interval. So uh, it was um, a, a great denouement. I mean, you can't uh, come it on all here. came Fred. together in the final act, which is fair enough for the authors, you, to be fair. You, you can't come on here without both 11s, the authors and whoever they were playing that day. Oh, you know, dear. Um, I, I went it, to watch Rog, sort of, actually. It's that sort of Rog. shoddy preparation that, uh, that, that you've characterizes come to know and the love. show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, Where talking of. Uh, Roger's around. I actually was going to mention Rog because uh, I saw a tweet of his a, a week or two back where he was responding to uh, a friend of his who'd taken an illicit picture of a cricket game, a professional cricket game going on somewhere this season. And it was like leaning over a fence somewhere and he was watching some cricket. And Rog responded um, with a picture from through the gates of the Oval where you could sort of see about you know, one-tenth of the, uh, of the ground. And then I responded um, with a picture through a hedge at Radlett, uh, where Middlesex were playing <laughs> Hampshire. So up and down the country, people who have, have been told by their prime ministers and their mayors and their local councils uh, that under no circumstances can you go and watch cricket because it's very dangerous. But everybody has There's found a way. way well, has found a way. I was sitting on a bench in a rugby club, looking through a hedge uh, and watching about an hour's cricket because I thought, you know, that day I thought. 
honestly, I I, I've watched cricket every year since about 1975. You know, I've gone to watch professional cricket. I can't let a year go by without without doing it. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna find a way. And I saw I mean, you, and I saw that picture that you took in Radlett, and and when you know the circumstances, it even the photo looks a bit furtive. It's like it it's just looking through <laughs> it like there's a hedge furtive. on one side and a bit of a sight screen on the other, and it's. But about you, 40 yards away from me, there were people like in hazmat suits and not letting people into car parks and things, you know, <laughs> taking temperatures and standing there with clipboards. You could um, have popped in to see my mother-in-law as well and perform some sort of community service. Mind you, she's got enough troubles, so maybe not. Had I only known, Grubby, I would have I would have made myself available. Well, indeed. indeed. Do you want a second of my headlines then? Yes, please, Bear. This, this nothing, is the one I like the most. Nothing could make me happier. Man who farted in Uber ends up in court. And what a headline is that? That's a quality headline. A uh, man broke wind in the back of an Uber head, uh, car and attacked, then attacked the driver. Well, because okay. The, the so driver the basically then. told him to get out of the car. And then he attacked the driver. It's like the driver beat the shit out of him anyway. Was he on his, was he on his way to Radlett at the time? No, <laughs> Ch- Chaser's nightclub in Bristol. Chaser's? <laughs> oh, that sounds Sorry. familiar. Yeah. Is that Ben Stokes' is ha- is haunt? Uh, I don't know. Could be. Uh, he was ordered to leave the car. Mallet attacked the driver. He then knocked down Mallet in self-defence. Sounds like the driver was bigger than Mallet. So, I hang on. Say, you've got stories so far about Mallet and Mallet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is well, he related to Ashley Mallet, the uh, former Australian um, No idea. The whole story is four sentences. Uh, and there's a man rescued after dying in freezer. That's a good oh, one. That? He was rescued after dying? Well, there you go. That is, that is a story. It's all in the, it's all in the headline because he didn't really die, obviously. He was a 74-year-old man in India. He was rescued after he was put in a freezer by relatives who were under the impression he had died. Um, and the family were for Balasubram and Kumar. Had he just nodded off? You know, sometimes no, you'd be like, it'd be a, in a Christmas, freezer. Christmas gathering and you're like an elderly relative nods off in the corner and you're like, oh my God, Auntie well, Mavis has died. And then you shout like that and then she inevitably wakes up. And says, oh, well, one year, it's not going to be a joke. No, well, no, clearly no. not, though, because they had time to order the large freezer box and then placed his body inside. So he must Sounds have been a bit out for a while. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if I, mean, I were an insurance investigator, <laughs> if I were an insurance investigator, I'd be looking deeper into this because uh, I think the story is going to unravel at some point. I have to say about the man who farted in an Uber, though, that that is slightly misleading headline, wasn't it? Because it was not the fact that he farted that. Um, yeah, no, of course not. That's the great the thing beak. about the story. Yeah, I suppose so. Uh, so he farted, so but then and then attacked the driver. That's really doubling well, be- down, isn't because it? Because of the fart, because he was told to leave the car, I suppose. Oh, um, I see. It wasn't just like he, he sent the fart in as a, as a kind of uh, you know first line guard. of the battalion, and and then went over the top with the heavy artillery. He was playing Stratego with a fart. <laughs> there was another one I read that really intrigued me, and I wish there was an actual story on it. It said twelve-year-old, and I can't find it now. But I might be on here. Twelve-year-old was the youngest person to. Oh, they they've blocked my access. I've been looking at the site too much. <laughs> but it was twelve. It didn't start well that story. I have to. I can. I can see why they blocked you. Twelve. <laughs> no, twelve-year-old was the, first, the youngest person to uh, do nuclear fusion. I was like, what? what? Exactly. What? What? Have you uh, just been on? Have you just been on the Mail Online? You know they basically put it's whole stories into a headline. Yeah, well, Man thrown out of Uber after farting and then attacking driver. That's yeah. the whole story, but it's the headline. It's pretty much. I mean, it's kind of like... Well, there's a picture of his wife in a bikini. But this one is like... <laughs> yeah. so, so, so basically this 12-year-old 
rushed. In fact, the story, the, the, the literal four sentences of the story, was he rushed to make fusion happen 12 hours before his 13th birthday so he could be the youngest kid to make fu nuclear fusion happen. It's don't like, be rushing that nuclear fusion. Well, a, don't I be mean, rushing nuclear fusion. And B, what bullshit? You know, <laughs> just, no. You didn't. Did he do it in the school lab? They no, didn't in, say in anything about lab. it. It sounded like he was doing it at home, which is obviously even more bullshit. It's just like what? <laughs> do you remember? And then, do you remember that in the 1990s when there was that whole thing on the news? Cold about fusion. Cold fusion. Exactly. Mm. I thought that and, was uh, an isotonic, uh, uh, isotonic drink, wasn't it? Well, they turned that in a way of brewing lager. I think you know they uh, they used the. Um, we, we were talking about the IPL. Um, a friend of uh, us and of ours, um, who I won't name because he, you know, I haven't I haven't run it past him first, is doing some uh, commentary for the European Cricket Network in various odd places around Europe, uh, including like Frankfurt ah, and I know Barcelona. Um, and I said, uh, you know, it's a gig. You know, he's trying to earn a few quid. Good luck to him. I have no, no problem with that. And uh, he said he's doing, um, he's doing eight days in Rome, I think, um, for the next leg of the tournament. I said, he did eight days in Berlin, didn't he? Or something? Eight, uh, Frankfurt, I think. I said, uh, eight days for a, a tournament. Um, it sounds a bit, you know, it sounds a bit much for a couple of ropey um, Romanians who are chucking the ball. Uh, whatever. And he said, he sent to me, he said, um, in Barcelona at the moment, this was last week, he said, they're in the middle of a three-week tournament. Uh, 16 teams, two groups of eight, 56 group matches, semis, third place playoff and final. What, in eight days? Uh, that was a three-week tournament in Barcelona. Oh, three weeks. Fifty-six <laughs> group matches on oh, the European no. Cricket Network in Barcelona. Jesus the game's God. gone. The game's gone. What well, the, can you imagine sitting through that? The more they play, the better they'll get, Fred. Well, no, that's true, and and you know it's providing um, employment opportunities for friends of ours. So we're we're not going to argue with that. But Jesus, can you imagine Perhaps. sitting to watch watching fifty-six games in eight days and commentating on them? Sure, and if, uh, the uh, uh, will take so they're doing a whole thing, So they're doing a whole tournament in fifty. No, you said it's three weeks. Fifty-six though. games in eight days. In in eight days. Yeah, three weeks. You said three weeks though. You said it's a competition over three. Oh weeks. no, sorry, that was the Barcelona one. Was a, a three-week yeah. tournament. Yeah. Good. That's still a lot of games in three weeks. Fifty-six games. That's like the the biggest of the World Cups. I think they've been, uh, and they they're compressing it into three weeks, and um, without you driving Clive Lloyd up and down the country because well, it's all exactly. in the same place. So uh, I yeah, think you should give Clive crazy. a ring. I bet you've got a girlfriend up. out there. <laughs> <laughs> but by the end, I mean, you don't want to shoot yourself in the head if you're commentating that. Well, that is true. That is true. And uh, having to commentate on the same players for three weeks running, I think, would be something of a, a challenge. At least by the yeah. end, you'll know who they are. And, <laughs> and you might. Or they might all look the same, to be fair. In, in Barcelona, God knows they've got to fill the, the sporting gap left by bullfighting. So... May as well be uh, I don't, don't, Yeah, I don't. Was bullfighting ever big in, in Barcelona? I think that was one of their one yeah. of their things saying, "No, we're 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 not Spanish. We don't oh, do bullfighting." Okay. Or, oh, maybe, or, maybe we do pickpocketing, which they're very good at. Um, I did see he a tweet from somebody who said, "Who said uh, uh, my friend was just pickpocketed in Las Ramblas in Barcelona?" Yeah, uh, kind of. He says, which is not really a story because people are pickpocketed all the time there. But he was part of the undercover police squad who were investigating pickpocketing. <laughs> <laughs> And he himself so you got wonder, You wonder, don't you? I mean, yeah. well, they're good then, aren't they? Yeah. Can the I best. make a can I make a suggestion for a new feature, like like an ongoing feature that we might have on a this feature? particular show? Mm. Uh, it's Found. got a little jingle that I shall sing for you. It goes, "Boring cricket tweet of the week." Oh. 
right? Am I offering this week among some pretty stiff competition? I hasten I to imagine add. there's quite a lot of stiff. Because like, what Is it I from did? No, what I did this week was I, I, um, I just typed cricket into Twitter, and then the boring, earnest bollocks that you get. But anyway, this one was a particular winner this week. Uh, see if you can beat this. KL Rahul just said, "Feeling great, feeling good. How about you?" Oh, for <laughs> fuck's sake. Well, I think we should call this the armchair pod cricket podcast boring tweet of the of the week competition. Uh, he can sponsor it if he wants. Yep. Well, you might you might want to enter it. To be fair, I think he'll have a lot oh. of entries. Uh, not the edges and sledges, not the ones who slag me off. No, this is the armchair cricket podcast who I've muted for just being terribly boring. But they won't listen, so it's fair enough. Uh, and it's just an opinion. It's an opinion. Just it's an not opinion. a fact. Just an opinion. Um, well, KL, how, it's good to know that KL Rahul is feeling good. And did you let, at least let him know how you're feeling? I, I didn't, no. You um, didn't take that opportunity. I so. didn't take that opportunity. There was a little smiley picture of him as well. He's a lovely looking lad. I like him a lot. But, um, scored an awful lot of bloody runs, I'll give him that. Yeah, yeah. He's a good yeah, keeper. He's... Is he the keeper? He's a good keeper. <laughs> he did an excellent run out in the second, was it the second, the first super over on Sunday? Uh, who was the one who took a good catch down the leg side? I thought that, that was, was KL Rahul. Rahul. Yeah, it yeah. was KL Rahul. He's not a bad keeper good player mm. he's a good all formats player i think yeah Rahul. i often wang on about that partnership between him and Rishabh he's Pant never really done it at test level though has he i mean you think he should well, do he's got all the class but well i mean he keeps one, getting 199 oh. against england in i forget where in india when karen nair pregnant fifth former karen nair scored uh, 300, 300 odd, yeah. but Rahul got 199 in that game and then he, he scored a, a you know a decent size hundred in that amazing partnership with Rishabh Pant, chasing 500 and something looked for a, a minute like they might do it so he's to a be fair, Bay, you, you could put that comment on cut and paste in your IPL commentary uh, for so many of the players. He's never quite done it in Test cricket because there are there are quite a lot of them. Uh, I, I mentioned that about yeah, Glenn Maxwell the other day. Yeah, uh, I mean, well, is, uh, he should have been, to my mind, um, he he ought to have been given more of a, a chance at Test level. I think he's. Uh, he's a when did they well, start? You should remember. Out. You remember that the, that game in in the Emir- uh, in the Emirates where he went in at number three with Australia needing to bat for two days or score 650 runs and he reverse swept his reverse first ball which missed his missed his leg stump by about you know cut cur- of varnish cut of varnish so I'm not sure he's quite cut out for the uh, for the well, proper there, form there, of the game there are many factors to take into consideration there um, one is he in number three two should they not nurture um, talent and is, there's no denying I don't think he's wildly talented is it we talking about Maxwell yeah. here, aren't we? Yeah, Glenn Maxwell. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I was thinking about the number three position the other day because uh, somebody I corrected someone on the internet. It's not something I do regularly. No. But, uh, <laughs> who said that uh, that uh, Jason Gillespie scored a double hundred? Uh, you know, batting at number ten. I said actually he was batting at number three. Yeah. He's uh, not and it occurred that. to me um, if that was the only time he batted at number three, he might have the greatest ever uh, average. Oh my, he was not out, wasn't he? So he didn't have an average. He was could have a better, one, two or one not out, was it? A better average at number three than Bradman. Uh, quite possibly. If, well, he know, if he's not out, once. he doesn't have an average, does he? Well, if he only did it once more, you know, as a night watchman and got out for duck, Ooh, he'd still have a then you're he could be averaging over 100. <laughs> even, at, even age 45, yeah, someone at the Australian ACB should be thinking, right, I've got to get some money on that. Nah. Call him back for a test, whack him in at number three, let him get out. Done. Yeah, I think Manny had him as uh, scoring the highest ever. Uh, like his Alistair Cook bet after his first game for Essex or something. Maybe he had uh, Jason Gillespie to be the highest scorer, highest average at Australia for number three. Probably not a great bet. Um, 
No, but the IPL has got a, what, about two weeks to go, is it? Oh, like who that? knows? I really don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it finishes somewhere in November. Um, it, I thought oh. it was about the 14th of November. It, oh, I don't God, know. That's like three and a half weeks away. Yeah, there's still a way to go. They're just about halfway through, weren't they? They started mm, a, bit, a, bit say, over that. a bit over that. I will say something good about the IPL, which is uh, the fact that there's a big difference where you finish. Uh, it's not just the top four, you know, playoff against each other and it's basically starting again. Um, the way they have their playoffs where the first, second get a, a bye, bye, or, is it a bye yeah. or is it an extra chance of getting in? Um, it, it's, it's, yeah, it's so I think one, yeah. plays, one plays two and then whoever loses one plays two gets an extra chance to play the winner of three versus four, doesn't it? Or something like right. that. It's one of those. Right. Or, I think that's or is it, than, Yeah, or is it that three plays four and the winner of that plays two and the winner of that plays no it's not that is it no anyway. it, it, but it, it you know otherwise you could get a team that's just scraped in uh the fourth place basically starting a new competition you know on a one-off it, game as i keep yeah. saying when i'm on air with andy i mean the thing is it's a two-point win sort of um uh, table so it keeps it much closer for much longer i mean that, uh, yeah. you know and at the end of the day the fact that you know we were talking about all this the other day i mean the fact that um you know Win win loss ratios for most of the teams is you know it's around about fifty percent, which is kind of what you'd expect. So basically, it's an endless competition to get to a point that you could get to a lot quicker. It's yeah, just is, the, is anybody the, out of it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, CSK must be out of it right now. No, I think there's a fucking still a mining no. chance. They were like two games ago. They they someone had worked out they mathematically couldn't get there because oh, of, yeah. you know no. So I don't think I don't think they, in fact um, I know that. Um, um, Dwayne Bravo's gone home from the team. Oh. Um, yeah, no. So the, I, I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure they can't do it. Thank God. I mean, so we're, we're sure. Nearing... Well, who does he play for? Oh, very good. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. IPL now, jokes. Get them all um, here. I've got a bit of trivia for you. So what I did, as I said earlier, I just typed in cricket into Twitter to see what would come up. And, and many things came up, including boring cricket tweet of the week. But this one um, reminded us of MS Dhoni's only ever international wicket. Would anyone like to add any Ooh. colour to that? I, rem- can re- can remember I remember him taking his pads off because yeah. he was that, annoyed. Um, that was when was we won. A... Yeah, that Ooh. was in India. Uh, in the series we won when Monty and Swanee took all those wickets. It's, it's not that. The only international wicket MS Dhoni ever got uh, is 2009, the uh, ICC Champions Trophy um, tournament. It was at uh, the Wanderers, Joburg. It was against the West Indies. Ooh. And I definitely will give you two points plus a bonus point if you can get the name of his victim. Chris Gale. Is it going to be somebody who, who no. we haven't heard of even after you tell us who it is? I suspect this person for his international career is known primarily as being Emma Stoney's Emma only Stoney's wicked. Only wicked. Uh, <laughs> well, we we're not going to, I'm not going to get it, am I? No, so, I, I don't. I don't think so. Um, it's uh, poor old Travis Dowlin is who it is, who was bowled for 14. So Dhoni came on, he bowled some pies, he got hit for a few fours, but then the ball he got him with was an absolute doozy, actually. on YouTube. He was bowling seam up. And he angled one in. It hit the seam, and it jacked. It, it, it just hit the middle of the top and uh, the top of middle and off. Uh, it was a great delivery, and um, yeah. So what? What a good one to get. And they, in fact, they bowled West Indies out of 129 that day, Oof. and knocked off the runs with three wickets down. And a young fella called Virat Kohli scored 79 not out. 
But when I was young, uh, we used to go often on a Sunday to watch a Sunday league game, which were 40 over games starting at two o'clock on a Sunday afternoon. And um, the, the scores weren't particularly high. You know, 180 was a decent score. Uh, and often it would happen uh, that the team batting second had absolutely no chance of getting there. And towards the end of the second innings, um, the you'd see what what we used to be known as occasional bowlers and sometimes not even occasional bowlers. So mm. I have seen Mike Brearley take a wicket. I don't know how many wickets he got in, in, in professional cricket, but uh, he did get Anton Yogi Ferreira of uh, Warwickshire, LBW, uh, in a Sunday league game that I was at. And I also saw Clive Radley, who never otherwise bowled, as far as I know, take a wicket. And I surprised Clive Radley with this fact when he wandered into a commentary box in Antigua that I happened to be... Uh, commandeering at the time uh, and I did an impromptu interview with him uh, literally impromptu because we were on air and uh, I had nothing in front of me by way of um, uh, well Info. anyway I could do any any actual like live live research yes but it was professional uh, so it was slightly not like this show uh, and I told him I'd seen him take a wicket and he didn't believe he didn't believe me he didn't think he'd ever taken a wicket so uh, but I, had to, <laughs> I had to dig it out of wisdom somewhere and uh, I was going to but say, if you, if that's you got gone that... out of the game. You know, when the team's winning very, very, when the team batting second has got no chance of, of getting the runs, you still don't get oh, the wicketkeeper lob up some lobs because they might get 36 and some no balls and, uh, and actually get close. Uh, so we had it James Vince yet, bowled this summer. Who else did we have bowl? We had, well, uh, James Vince bowls a got, bit. He got a wicket he? or two, didn't he? Yeah. Uh, and we had, uh, uh, what's his name? Sibley bowled, didn't he, as well? And also, uh, because a lot of the, a lot of the, uh, one day tables have run rates involved. You don't want to give somebody a cheap 25 runs either because, um, you know, that can affect positions in the table. Uh, but it's something that's gone out of the game. It's gone well, out of the game. De- oh, well. Declaration bowling, I'm sure, is still... Yeah, that came game. into it a bit this year um, when the game... Surely you get the part-timers then, don't you? You know. Mm. Yeah, you did. For a while, we had asterisks uh, in the record books because uh, Steve O'Shaughnessy hit 36 in an over... Uh, against somebody who was just lobbing up full tosses. And uh, Bill Frindle, who was the editor of Playfair at the time, said, I'm not having that. And he put an asterisk next to it. But that, that, wasn't, <laughs> that can't have been six sixes in an over, though, Fred. That must have been a no ball in there somewhere as well, no? What, 36? It wasn't six sixes uh, in an over, surely. I think Steve O'Shaughnessy did, yeah. Really? Yeah. Uh, I mean, I don't, it, it, it was the famous Sobers one. Then there was Ravi Shastri did it. And I didn't think it had been done again until Yuvraj Singh took uh, Stuart Broad for six six and well, over. Well, I think it was sort t- of written t- out. Uh, it was sort of written out. Oh, no, was it? Uh, no, maybe that, no, he hit a century in, in, in half an hour or something. Uh, he did get, he did get scored was, an incredibly fast century. Didn't he? Like but I, again, I think that was declaration bowling. But um, mm. there, were, there was a time when, you know, three-day games, uh, when games things had to be manufactured. Uh, and sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't work. But uh, it was a little bit tedious to watch, to be fair. I don't think anyone wants to see that back. So we're not calling for a return to three-day county championship cricket. No. But some championship cricket would be nice. Well, no, it's going to end up being another Bob Willis trophy next year, isn't it? I mean, I don't know if COVID's well, going to be Well, they've done a hybrid. Time. They've done a hybrid. They're doing sort of a three groups of six and... Uh, the Bob Championship. Well, I think it, it's basically like two tournaments. In other words, the team that gets most points will win the championship. And then the top few will get playing off into another trophy. Um can the two can the two different portions have different names? I think they do. Bob, I think the Bob Willis Trophy is, is going to carry on as the as the as the playoffs. 
which are going to be played in sort of September and October. <laughs> this kind of stuff. Well, let's just see. Let's see who dies between now and then. Who we can well, name after. <laughs> Get your bets in. Have a have a cricketing. Who knows who will be? Ah, COVID will. Tombola. You know the hundred's supposed to start next summer. I don't know if that's even oh, going to happen. <laughs> have NASA announced what their their big story is? Because they've been trailing for a couple of days. They've got a big story coming about the moon. Have you seen this? Uh, I, I think I've heard the teaser campaign. Yeah. Well, aren't they uh, going to send uh, someone out there? They're going to start up a. They're going to try and mine it or something, aren't they? Are they are they taking bids? You know, can, can we can we vote who we want to go up to the moon and stay there? Go on. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I've got um, I've, I've got a couple more options from my uh, Twitter cricket trawl. Um, you can either have uh, what I'm entitling helmet, or you can have unusual dismissal. Oh, oh, I, I think want helmet's going to be Tony helmet. Gregg, isn't it? It is. It is Tony Gregg. Amazing. I saw that that picture of what looked like a homemade helmet made out of cut up bits of gloves or something. how would you describe it well it does yeah I, the way i described it is it is sort of part baseball cap and part um boxer's head guard well Amateur boxer's sort of, head guard. he, he got a, a life-size mr this. michelin it, advert uh and he sort of cut bits off it and sort of pasted it to his head i think um it, i know it, he was it, a big fella but i mean those yeah. michelin <laughs> like 20 feet tall well, yeah, you know, he found a smaller one, to be fair. But you remember Tony Gregg's gloves were just one giant sheet of, um, uh, of uh, rubber uh, like with, no fingers with no fingers delineated either. So, uh, batting no, mittens. Batting mittens. Uh, they were yeah. cool for a while, though. PS did some. I SP, always wanted some. SP, SP, St. Peter, yeah. Yeah. Early to mid-80s, they were the thing, weren't they? They were the thing, yeah. I really yeah. wanted a pair, but I never had any. And for a while, somebody had pads who were just one piece rather than sort of in, in yeah. delineated into canes. So they, they weren't well, quite so successful. That's interesting, isn't it? I mean, why? What, what is the benefit from the, the kind of the um, corrugated nature of the front of a, a pad as opposed to a sort of... Uh, I think it's historic, actually, because they were made up of sort of bamboo uh, pieces or, or sort of round pieces of wood, um, the, the earliest pads. Uh, and you know that design is sort of sort of stayed stuck yeah 200 years or whatever it is i had a pair of i had a pair of pads that were sort of big front panel and yeah years. tony bishop remembers them uh yeah well. <laughs> no i didn't have them then actually he stuck his finger them. up straight away didn't he yeah bastard one, totally not <laughs> one thing that i noticed in the final of the bob this year oh dear old Somerset. Anyway, it was Alistair Cook who played the match-defining innings. It was a tremendous, uh, tremendous knock and ultimately uh, won Essex the trophy. But he wear and has always worn um, pads that are like ostensibly way too small for him. And one of the commentators pointed out that it, it, if you get hit on the pad, it's less likely you're going to be given out LBW. Above the knee roll, you mean? No, well, the, than if you're wearing these enormous great things that might protect you better so he's wearing if you look at it from side on it's almost like sort of child's pads that he's wearing i thought well mm, i, I wonder if he thinks the umpire says oh that's hit him above the knee roll you know that can't yeah, be exactly. out. Can't the knee be roll out. is halfway down his shin he's, yeah. exactly he's yeah, good thing never allowed that never noticed never he'll noticed. go far Ooh. but maybe no, that's the what money saw that made him put a bet on him because you're thinking this is a thinking cricketer <laughs> The the thing, um, just back to Tony Gregg for a second, that was quite interesting about that photo that both Fred and I saw on Twitter earlier, was that it was it was from uh, when he played for Waverley 
in New mm. South Wales uh, in 75, 76. So this was, it, I think they said it was a couple of years before World Series cricket. And I don't know the exact chronology. I know that people like, was it Dennis Amos had an early prototype of a helmet? He did, yeah. Mike, uh, Mike really yeah. had 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 something that fit under his cap as well, with with sort of That's right. flaps over his temples. Um, didn't um, didn't Gavin's got like a skull cap that went under his yeah, yeah. cap? Yeah, very a bit similar. Later, Sonny, yeah, I don't yeah. Know. yeah. Uh, well, it was the time when the West Indies bowlers were at their most fearsome, and also Lillian Thompson for Australia. Oh, man, so people I, people were looking around for things to help. Yeah, them. necessity uh, being the mother of invention. Yeah. I I caught bloody Babylon in. Um, Fire and Fire yeah, the other yeah. day again. Jesus, some of the some of the people getting clonked on the head and then the chest and over. Brian Close, like, yeah, straight down, and they go up. I mean, uh, and, uh, not even him. I mean, Viv Richards gets smashed in the chops and yeah. he gets up, yeah. bashes him for fucking six. I mean, yeah, an well, we've, of, of we we win one in the in the gob, isn't mm. there? Like, I think a we win. But when Devon Malcolm dished it out, we were on our feet going, God, have it. You Absolutely. Know. I don't uh, mind so. it, man. It's, it's part of the gladiatorial nature of the sport. Now we have helmets yeah. anyway. So I mean, it is but, quite uh, shocking to look back at that stuff and think that, that people were batting with nothing on their heads in the way of yeah. protection. I mean, I remember seeing David Gow get I mean, he had that lovely bubbly perm thing, so that probably protected him anyway. But <laughs> I mean, it's just like it's unimaginable really now. You know, moments of tragedy like Phil Hughes uh, to one side. But to, to think of, of, of that, of it being possible to be hit um, well, that, directly I mean, that, on your that's head. That's the thing. That's the thing, isn't it? You think of Phil Hughes and you think, shit, he got hit on the head and he died and he's wearing a helmet. And then you well, that was a freak accident. It was a, bad it was a freak accident. Yeah. It's true. But then you watch this exactly that, and these people are getting pinged all over the fucking place, time after yeah. time after time. I mean, as uh, Bri- Brian Close gets hit. Through. Brian Close and John Edwards. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that was just an hour. They didn't bowl at the stumps. They just bowled at the body. And Brian Close didn't even have any hair to protect him. No. Um, <laughs> he, looked famously, he looked pretty grumpy. Well, famously, he used to field at short leg. And, and of course, fielders didn't have helmets either. And uh, at least twice, um, people were caught in the gully having ricocheted off his head at short leg. Oh, Christ. Yeah, there was one time, wasn't there, where he was being... After one such incident, and his teammates rallied around, and he he was sort of mildly concussed, I guess, and, they, mildly, and he yeah. he just stood up and, <laughs> and just said to me, "Like they're going, you're right." And he goes, "Did he bloody catch it?" <laughs> yeah. Well, the title of his uh, autobiography I have here, uh, you're seeing it in reverse. Is, I don't bruise easily. We're not seeing um, it in reverse. No, Only you're seeing in, you in reverse. Uh, oh, you see yeah. me, in, uh, okay. but you can change that if you wish. Yeah. Uh, no one's seeing nice. this anyway. So yeah, he was an interesting character. Um, but you know, no one wore helmets, and uh, to be honest, I don't recall apart from um, who was the England bowler who got was it you and Chatfield got hit by by Peter you and who's army, uh, you and Chatfield, the New Zealand uh, tail ender, yeah. uh, got hit in the chest by Peter Lever and technically died um, for a couple of minutes. Uh, his, his heart stopped. Uh, and he was revived, like rather like your friend in the uh, freezer box in that in India. Um, but I don't I don't recall any stories of of people getting, um, well, people dying from being hit on the head. No, or, that's or, what I mean. It's quite you know it's quite amazing, isn't it? I mean, you look at that. It's quite a fucking yeah. Savage. I mean, it's, it's only a, a, a well, a freak uh, a freak eventuality that what? no one did. Someone yeah, must have in, in the animals. And the Hughes game. was the back. It was the back of the head. I mean, yeah, I'm sure yeah, it was yeah, the back club of the cricket. Head. In club yeah. cricket, things that things have happened. But uh, uh, yeah, Russell, very Russell, much Russell hooked times. one into his own mouth, and he had to get it wired up, and that was the biggest blessing we ever had at the club for about. Eight yeah, months. I once I once went into bat uh, taking guard in a pool of blood. Um, where the batsman before me, the bowling was pretty quick, 
uh, and the guy had top edged it into his into his eye actually or his nose and, and, and eye and um, I took I sort of took guard somewhere near the crease and then stood somewhere near the square leg umpire uh, <laughs> <laughs> or, or ran away pretty damn quickly but uh, that was yeah that was not fun. I remember when I was when I was a kid actually playing kid cricket. No, not cricket. It's playing adult cricket, but it's kids. The the, the opening bowler at my school was a guy called Stuart Easterbrook, and weirdly he played with um, was it um, Sean, who we were on the World Cup with. He was up at Durham at the same time oh, as right. Sean, so he knew him. Yeah. Um, but he was he was like six foot two when we were like fifteen. He was tall and he bowled pretty bloody quick. He played a club game and we had a, they had a, they had a pitch that was like concrete and there was you know typical kid bowling at adult you know adults and fucking da 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 bowls him a couple of rapid bounces and pings him on the head <laughs> gets a square on a bounce guy goes down wants to get up and carry on you know he's giving it all that Ken wants to carry on <laughs> batting everyone's going no no you better go off me <laughs> this is not a helmet this is no, no helmet. this is before helmets is that it's club game on a saturday afternoon in the mid 80s you know and did you get the what mike reed used to do the stand-up comedian mike reed yeah, did, basically. Did, 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 yeah, I mean, a guy with Sparco for a good five minutes. The lump appear like that. You know, and his ego was well, like, nah, I can't be bounced out by a kid, you know. But Jesus. well, to be fair, uh, you know, Steve Smith did something similar. Um, you know, let me back out there, and, and yeah. we saw the first ball when he came back that something was not right, and he charged down the wicket and had a massive mow out to uh, um, out to mid wicket. We said, you know, he's not right. He probably how was he allowed, allowed back? To- well, he just said, it's you know, weird, he's, the, he's the big man in the changing room. He said, you know, I'm going to bat. And, uh, it's yeah. not up to him. He's not the arbiter of it. Well, it, will change. it kind of changed there and then, didn't it, really? Well, when did Labushagni come in? Well, when it? he came uh, in in that yeah. innings. I mean, that was the thing. They'd already... That, um, and he's not got out since. Oh, so, mate, you know. I've seen him get out some bloody ugly ways. I mean, he's an ugly batsman, let's face it, but he scores yeah. runs. But he's got some, some fucking ugly ways in the IPL, man. I mean, there was one shot. He's just He looked like an amateur. He's just wafting outside his off stump his feet going the other way and the thing is what at least when a, when a professional you know he's got some style does it it, well, it looks okay well it doesn't look okay but you know what i mean but this is just like a if you've got an unorthodox feet going anyway yeah yeah and it goes it looks wrong ugly man then of course <laughs> you, you leave it i mean it's, it's a bit on a slightly different uh, level but uh, gary balance for england when it started going wrong for him yeah. yeah. Of, well, well, and he still he yeah. was he was averaging over fifty at the time. That was exactly. the, yeah, the was. odd thing. Yeah. First ten uh, ten games in his test career. Who was the batsman who came back recently? The Pakistani who hadn't played for a long time, and then oh, Fawad Alam. Batted Fawad like Alam. A, yeah. Yeah, but batted like a reverse George Bailey or or sort of yeah. a, an extended Chanderpaul. Yeah, or, John or, a left, or a left-handed Peter Willey. Yeah. You're on a hiding to nothing because you know even if you get out to a good ball, people are going to say, "Well, you're never going to be a test batsman." You know, yeah. batting like that. It was but very suppose, odd to watch that. He'd, you know, he'd average sixty odd in um, first class cricket playing that way. Yeah. So yeah. 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 He's not going to change. But you want to, you know, as you say, if you if you if you're out to a to an ugly shot, then it looks worse. And if you're out to a to a so-called cricket shot, and we denied that win in that test, weren't we? As well, the fucking rain came down. Do you, <laughs> do you want one more from my from my Twitter oh, cricket? Uh, last one before the Bears misses comes back and he has to pack up. Oh yes, yeah, true. Do you know what mate. that reminded me of? Bear said he's got to be back. It, like it's twenty minutes to when his missus comes home. It's that. It's like that uh, scene from Pulp Fiction, where when Bonnie's <laughs> going to come home and uh, you're playing Quentin Tarantino character. Anyway, yeah. uh, I'll leave that with you. Cause, uh, oh, uh, I thought it, you meant that somebody sparked out from drugs on his floor and they've got to give her, uh, give her an insulin injection. Which, no, uh, this is the one where they're trying to get rid of the body. 
and uh, uh, okay. yeah, go through yeah. the same. Anyway, uh, we'll move on from that. Um, so uh, you might know this. I, I reckon Fred might know this, and Bear, you probably do know it, but have forgotten it. That's what I reckon is going to happen here. Right, so Dennis Lilly once picked up a wicket uh, in the World Cup final, no less, in 1975, off a delivery that was hit for six. Yeah. How was that possible? Well, it wasn't a six. I mean, the ball did go over the boundary, but Roy Fredericks played a a marvellous hook and carried on swivelling and took out his leg stump, as I recall, and was out hit wicket as the ball was travelling over the uh, square leg boundary. Spot which on. is either yeah. which is either unlucky or incredibly stupid, depending on how you look at it. I don't also, remember that at all. I was about four. Yeah, no, I know you were only uh, a wee one, uh, as as was I. Well, um, if if you but, get a chance to look at the end of that game yeah. on YouTube, um, there were crowds running on the pitch, virtually every single ball. Yeah. Uh, and the last wicket, what well, looked like the last wicket, fell. I think somebody was bold, but it was called a no ball. Uh, and the batsmen started running. I think Lillian Thompson were batting. Uh, and they started running. They realised it was a no ball. People were running on the pitch. No one knew where the ball was. The players were milling around amongst crowds of people. And Lily says to Thompson, they just keep running. Uh, and they just carried on running until the umpires stepped in and said, no, actually, it's, uh, we're going to call it a yeah. dead ball or yeah. something. Um, but the crowds were, were allowed to run on the pitch in England in the 70s. Yeah. And they used to do it with great regularity. Oh, they did indeed. Um, in fact, you used to sit on the grass at Lords. They used to sell tickets that you could sit on the grass in front of the... Uh, yeah between the fence and, and a boundary rope. Yeah. Uh, also, uh, when, when you described that Frederick's incident, um, carry on swivelling is one of the lesser known classics from the 1970s. Yeah. Out uh, for interestingly, me, out for me. The they all had, got it out for me. <laughs> if the ball had travelled, had gone over the boundary before he hit the wicket, would he still be out? No, he's six? still carrying on with his shot. So, yeah, uh, it's, oh, okay. if uh, it's in the, yeah, so it could have gone for six, but in his follow through thereafter, because it's all part yeah. of the same shot. Momentum. We could talk about momentum, but we won't. Momentum. Um, uh, and that was that was opening the batting in the world first World Cup final. Uh, and Clive Lloyd, who's a, a great friend of the show and uh, a <laughs> great good friend, of, the friend Bear, of yours, uh, hit a hundred in that game. And um, I think I think Australia won it by uh, West Indies won it by about forty five runs. Well, I might be able um, to tell you if you give me a couple of seconds. You ever seen that video of Jeff Lawson knocking his stumps off twice in a row and then putting the bales back on and not being given out? No, look that on you. Look that up on you. That's against the West Indies as well. He's coming yeah. in. I think the West Indies are going to win. I think it's in New. Ze- it might was it in New Zealand. It, might be, it can't have been Jeff Lawson, well, but it's definitely Jeff Lawson. So it must have been Australia. He basically goes back and treads on his stumps. Oh yeah, and nobody noticed. Yeah. Nobody noticed. But then Dujon does notice whoever's keeping. And but points the it. And the umpire. Yeah. The first time the umpire goes and puts the bail back on. Says no, 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 it's not <laughs> <laughs> well, Dominic Cork did the same thing, I think, for England yes, he did. the yes, West he Indies did. in he about did. 95, where he went right back into his plate, played it through the leg side, came back after running two, picked up the bail, he knew what he'd done, put it back on, um, and uh, it got away with it. So mm. you can't get away from being, being hit wicket. I never yeah. have. Yeah, but uh, I noticed I played it. For, a team I played for, the ca- uh, captain, was a decent bat. Um, got into a, a right mess of his footwork at one stage of his career. And just kept going back to cut and smashing his own stumps. He did it about uh, four times out of six weeks. Uh, he just, something went in his technique. And he just get, kept getting out by smash. Not just glancing, you know, just not just nicking a bale. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> demolishing his own stumps. Uh, so, you know, that was funny. It was funny for us. Not so funny for him. I, think, I don't uh, think you need uh, to be Toby Radford. Wrong way at one point. <laughs> you don't need to be Toby Radford to tell him that there's a flaw in his technique there. Well, but yes, you know... 
you think after doing it twice, he would sort of have worked out there was a problem, but it took him a while. Yeah, Clive Lloyd, uh, 102 from 85 balls in that 80, uh, 75 final, which was yeah. uh, pretty good, pretty good going back then um, or any time. Well, and the crowd the Australian, running on the pitch. Remember the Australian mm. bowler who got five wickets in that? Uh, oh, was it uh, Maxi Walker? Was not, although Walker did play. He had figures of uh, 71 from his 12 overs. Over. 60 over I'll games. You, I'll give you a clue. Give you a clue. Um, same name as an American serial killer. Jeffrey Dahmer. Nope. Bundy. <laughs> Gary, <laughs> Gary Gilmore. Gary, Gary Gilmore. Gilmore, yes, who got executed in 1977. Uh, the advert, Gary Gilmore's Eyes, was about... Um, Gary Gilmore's a great song. Uh, and execution of Gary Gilmore. When, yeah. I, went, when I went to uh, Madame Two Swords as a... What was I? 11, 12... Uh, you know, from my school in Devon, lovely uh, coach trip up, and um, they they had the sort of uh, the crypt or the or the lower floor where all the sort of dodgy stuff happened, and they they recreated this scene, and you look through this glass panel, and there's Gary Gilmore in his chair, and Ooh. then they turned the light off, and they went bang bang, and they turned it out, and he was there slumped. <laughs> oh, been shot. It was gruesome <laughs> as, but brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> How long did it take you to get up from Devon on a school bus? You must have set oh. up about four o'clock in the morning. Yeah, yeah. It was one of, yeah, probably about six hours back then. Oh, yeah. Jesus. Sat at the back of the bus eating sweets. <laughs> oh, pretending we, we to the car behind rushing. and they had a flat tyre. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely <laughs> rushing on sugar. Exactly. Right, well, uh, thank you much, very much, gentlemen, for what will undoubtedly be uh, a great entertainment to anybody who actually listens to this. It's a masterpiece. So, uh, Thank you, Messi Jez. Uh, we hope to uh, to do more of these when we've got nothing else on, which is most yeah. of the time, to be honest. This is, this uh, is ep- episode five in a series of four, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, well, it was, it's a series of one, actually, because no one thought it, we would come back for a second. We're sorry that the, <laughs> arch grump, last. the arch grump Hendo hasn't joined us today, but when he gets his technology sorted out, I'm sure he will He will be back. Uh, so, uh, Grubby, you want to... Um, you, you open the show. I'll leave it to you to close it. Well, all I've got to say to anyone listening to this is, could you give us your submissions for Boring Cricket Tweet of the Week? Oh, so that was the innings of Brendan McCollum. Scores lots of fours because he don't like to run them. And here we are waving Brendan McCollum goodbye. Whoa, whoa. Podcast Network. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.